Welcome to Four Advisors by Advisors. I'm your host, Evan J. Mayer. Today, we are going to talk about tax loss harvesting. This is something that I've been implementing in my practice for a very long time, and it's a huge value add to advisors for their clients. And it's something that I would suggest all advisors consider implementing if you're not already implementing. Um, depending upon how you manage money, it can be somewhat difficult too. If, you're, if your money's mostly in mutual funds or ETFs, you know, it might be a little bit more difficult to tax harvest in the situation that you might have owned those positions for quite a while and there are no losses you can take. Um, first and foremost, what is tax loss harvesting? Well, tax loss harvesting is selling things that are down that you currently own with the concept of creating a capital loss for tax purposes that are positions you may want to purchase back in the future. There are opportunities to do this, and there are opportunities that can actually void the, the uh, tax harvesting situation. So first and foremost, our practice is managed mostly on individual security. So individual stocks, individual bonds, individual preferreds, individual um, structured notes. Um, structured notes are obviously not a great vehicle for tax harvesting due to the lack of the secondary market. Um, but it's an excellent opportunity specifically for equities, preferreds, um, um, primarily. Those are the two uh, things that we will harvest. So what is... Um, what can, what can get in the way of tax loss harvesting? Well, if you sell things when they're down and then you buy them back immediately or sometime within a 30-day window, the IRS does, disallows the loss. So as an example, if I bought Tesla today and I sold it three months from now for a 30% loss, meaning I, I could take that loss for tax purposes uh, um, uh, come tax season, um, and then I buy the stock back within 30 days, the IRS says, no, that's called a wash sale. So you can't buy the same security or technically a substantially identical security. So options can be an issue. You know, you can't, you know, sometimes you can't sell a options contract for a loss and then buy the same options contract back, uh, even though it might be on a different year or a different month of, of, uh, of expiration. So, uh, but specifically talking about stocks in, in, in that manner, you know, as long as you sell, you buy a stock, you hold it for, you know, over 30 days, you sell it, and you don't buy that stock back within 30 days, you, you'll avoid the wash sale. So June happened to be an extremely advantageous time to tax harvest. Uh, in my prior firm, they actually had a software through InvestNet that actually allowed tax harvesting through a few clicks of a button. Made, it made life a lot easier. Uh, we did find a, a way to do it that made it pretty easy uh, just using this Excel spreadsheet. Uh, that we created, um, but it but it's not nearly as time consuming as as you may think. It, it probably took us a day and a half to tax harvest. We normally do it ten towards the end of the year. However, when the markets have significant drop like it did, and keep in mind from January through uh, through uh, the end of June, this was the worst drop over a six month period to start a year since 1970 in the stock market. So it, it created ample opportunity. So the first thing that we did is we looked at the positions that were down and we looked at if there was any possible uh, big events coming up for any of the stocks that were down. Um, and we looked at stocks that were happened to be down $500 or more. Okay, so, you know, depending upon how long the large a client's portfolio is, um, if the client's portfolio is extremely small tax harvesting, you know, wouldn't make necessarily a lot of sense. So in, in our case, we looked at 500. I've spoke to other managers 
you know, that, you know, won't tax harvest unless it's a thousand dollars or, or more. Um, and that's okay. Everybody's got a different me methodology, but we wanted to take the best advantage of what we can. So the first thing we did is we looked at all the positions in our portfolio that were down, that were down more than $500. Then we looked at all of them that had any potential reporting, um, um, you know, if they had a, uh, um, an earnings uh, an announcement or earnings date, uh, if, they, if the earnings date fell within that 30-day period of time, we did not use that at, in the tax harvesting at that moment. We might have gone back to that. Um, the second thing we did is we wanted to make sure there was no big material events that could come up. Now, sometimes material events come up. They come out of nowhere. A company buys another company. You know, the company that uh, got acquired ends up bouncing up by 30 40%. Obviously, any companies that are in the middle of potential mergers or, or where there's a big news that could pop the stock way up, um, we, we obviously would avoid tax harvesting that stock in that, in that moment. So what we did in June is we came up with our list and we went, went forward and sold those positions with the idea that within 30 days, uh, after 30 days, so 31 days and on, we would repurchase back those stocks while creating the loss for the client. So as an example, if a client had a, a, a portfolio of a million dollars and they had 10 positions that were down and 90 positions that were up and the 10 positions that were down created a loss for, of, of $80,000, then for tax purposes, we would have that $80,000 carry forward going, uh, going on. But let's get, just get back to where we were. So we sold the positions. And then the question is, is that, we want to stay in the market. We want to stay in those specific um, sectors. So where were we selling the most of? And, and given where we sold in June, most of what we sold was more in the tech sector. We, let's go ahead and say it was about 60% tech, 40% was in other se other sectors, okay? Um, so you could buy a replica e uh, ETF uh, in return. It's not necessarily going to gauge the same stocks that we had sold, but... Um, would get us as close as we could. So you could buy a replica ETF such as Triple Q or SPY or, you know, for the S&P 500. Um, and, and that's what we chose to do. We chose to buy replica ETFs for that moment of time so that we, while we, while, if the market did go up and it did happen to go up significantly in July, we would not lose out on our potential um, up upswing. We might lose out, you know, we may not, we may actually gain because the ETFs outperform the current stocks that we had sold. Um, so in the month of July, while we were tax harvesting, um, the money was invested in replica ETFs. And then when we thought was appropriate, we revaluated the stocks after the 31 days uh, and then repurchased the stocks back that we wanted to own and sold the replica ETFs or the ETFs that were um, you know, uh, uh, similar and repurchased back our stocks hence realizing that loss for that client. Um, the reason we did it in June was market again was way down and it also will give us a second option where if the markets bounce back in towards the half of the year and you know I'm not necessarily anticipating that's gonna happen, but let's just say it does happen uh, and we wanna sell some of the gains and we wanna take some of the risk off the table for our clients, we can rebalance that risk and do so because we have that loss carry forward and we can use that. If not, and the market continues to drop, we can go ahead and harvest a second time come December. And again, there's no June, December, January time you can do this. You can do it whenever you think it's the most appropriate time for your client. Uh, and, 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 for, and, and given where the markets are, I think, I think analyzing this, this June, um, there were a lot of great money managers that ended up doing that. And there are softwares out there that tax harvest dependent upon what firm you're with. So it is something 
you know, to, to, to keep in mind. Now, you could also sell those positions and purchase new positions that you like if you happen to not like those positions. But for us and, and the definition of what tax loss harvesting is, in our, our situation, it is actually selling positions that we currently own that we still want to own um, and, and uh, you know, waiting that, that 30 days so the wash sale uh, rule applies. So, so we understand long-term losses and long-term sales, uh, long-term, uh, um, excuse me, short-term sales and long-term sales will wash against short-term gains and long-term gains, okay? Now, if you get to a position where uh, all the assets are with you, so you know that hypothetically in the, 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 the uh, illustration I gave you earlier where a client has an $80,000 capital loss carry forward um, and December 31st rolls around and you don't sell and buy anything else and that's what the actual loss will show for tax purposes, um, you can't take that against your income. You can actually only use $3,000 that can offset actual income. So do keep that in mind. But on a client that has $80,000 of losses and $3,000 is used towards income, you will have 77,000 losses that will carry forward to future years. And it became huge for us um, last year. Last year, we actually had quite a big deal of gains. And for our clients that have been with us for a long time that we were able to harvest um, for in, in years past, it gave us, it gave us quite an opportunity to, to de-risk the client without them experiencing a huge, huge tax burden. So to me, if you are not offering this to clients and, 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 you know, the scapegoat is, is that, you know, I'm not a tax professional. I do not give tax advice and, and I don't either to my clients. Uh, but, but this is not really giving tax advice. This is actually providing a service in the investment portfolio management and providing alpha for your clients, which at the end of the day is what they pay you to do. Um, it's a great opportunity to, to do it. So a couple of things uh, to keep in mind, again, with the tax loss harvesting, can't buy the positions back within 30 days, can't buy identical securities or, 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 or what they would call substantial identical securities. Um, and that could include derivatives. So be careful there when using derivatives. There is ways to do it where the wash sale rule might not be enacted. Um, but again, speak with your tax professional uh, in regards to that. Um, and then keep in mind that the capital loss carry forward um, does continue. Uh, there is no like three-year window where like, yeah, if you don't have any gains to offset and use those capital loss losses carry, you know, to carry forward, you don't have any of that to, to, to use in three years. Well, you're going to lose all your losses. That's not the case. Um, actually, upon path passing, your capital loss carry forward does go away. So that is something to know. So if you have elderly clients, um, you know, keep in mind that if they have significant losses, um, your tax loss harvesting might not necessarily be a benefit to them. Uh, keep in mind, you cannot do this with qualified accounts. Uh, if you're a financial advisor and you don't know that already, um, yeah, you, you should know that. Um, this is for non-qualified accounts. This is for, you know, revocable trusts. Uh, irrevocable trusts could be for, it could be for all kinds of trust accounts, but specifically when it comes to qualified accounts, it does not work against qualified accounts. So let's make sure we, we know that. Um, and uh, it's a great strategy. It's great alpha to use for your clients. If you're not already doing it, um, I would, I would uh, venture to say that, um, of my clients that have relationships that are outside of uh, relationships with me. Um, I don't think there's more than one or two of those advisors that actually are tax harvesting. Um, so we actually, you know, I advise to the client what they need to advise to their advisor. Um, and, and again, 
as a fiduciary, that's my job. And that's what, 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 you know, that's, that's what we're meant here, here to do. So, um, hopefully you found this, uh, this, this, uh, episode, uh, useful. If it didn't, you didn't find it useful and you already knew about it, then excellent. We reaffirmed what you already know. Um, you know, key, you know, key with ETFs actually, you know, um, for pat for passive, uh, ETF, uh, portfolio managers, there is, there is ways to do, to avoid the substantial identical, uh, e, e, you know, different ETFs that are out there. So, um, keep in mind, there is a way to do that. Um, but hopefully you enjoyed it. And as always, uh, we love your feedback. If you, if you enjoyed the podcast, didn't enjoy it, uh, maybe there was something I said that was completely, uh, infactual, uh, factually uh, incorrect. Please let me know. My email is evan at fortunawealth.com. You can also follow us on Instagram. Our Instagram tag is here. Uh, and our, our LinkedIn tag is, is here. And uh, you can follow us on either one of those as well. So um, hope you enjoyed it. And uh, again, this is for, advi for advisors by advisors. I'm your host, Evan Mayer. Hope you have a great day.